Welcome to Season 1, Episode 1 of The Frog's Bog. I hope you enjoy! Hello and welcome to all my guys, gals, non-binary pals. I'm your host, Nova, and this is The Frog's Bog, the podcast where I go over all of you. Now, for the case of the Smiley Face Killers. Now, just by looking at the name, you can tell this is a pretty interesting case. And I'd like to add a slight trigger warning for missing persons and murder, as this is a murder mystery. Well, the case of Smiley Face Killers, I'm just going to give a little bit of backstory, because it there's a lot to go over, and not all of it makes sense. First of all, there's two sides of the story. One side that people believe the theory of the Smiley Face Killers, and those who don't. So, for the backstory, this case is unsolved, like all of season one will be. And the people were never caught. So it was thought that this was a gang of people that were going around killing, but nobody was ever caught in the act. Nobody was ever caught doing anything, really. The target was always white, generally white, college-aged men who were told, described to be very handsome, well, um, in the athletic industry, and academically very successful. Now, the ammo for almost all of these deaths is that there was a painted smiley face nearby. I don't know the exact radius in which the smiley faces were in, but it was said that if you found the body, if you looked around close enough, you would find a graffitied smiley face somewhere. Now, all of these people were were drowned, um, and I believe all of them were uh, declared unknown or accidental. Now, majority of these deaths occurred between 1992 and 2008, and there was at least 45 men that actually died to the supposed smiley face killers. Um, I believe it was suspected jealousy. That's why they were killed. That's what the theory states. Um, yeah. Now, I'd like to start off with just going into the side that believes in the smiley face killers. And it's quite an interesting way to think about it. So, this side, like I've stated, was mainly um, explained by the NYC detectives, as they strongly believe in it. So, they have a lot more information. And the reason for them thinking that it was a gang of killers was it was done in 11 different states. And there was times where people would die with the same ammo in different places on the same night, which made them realize it couldn't have been a singular person. Um, and like I said, it was the same ammo. They were always found drowned, and they were always had a graffiti. Almost always. That's the key there. Almost always was there a graffiti smiley face to be found nearby the site of the death. Now, although many policemen state that there was no sign of foul play, there's no way this could have been possible, uh, one of the girlfriends of the victims came up to say that uh, he she remembers calling him the night of his disappearance. He had said that his phone was on low battery. But he gave the he gave her the address in which she was at, but it was different. It was as if someone in the background had given him her the address and immediately cut off the phone. He didn't. She didn't hear from him 
after that, and later his body was pulled from the river and his phone was found smashed nearby his body, which also had GHB in it. Now, GHB is a common date rape drug, um, which was found in almost all of these bodies. So it seemed to be something that was pre-laid out. Someone purposely went to put this drug in their drinks and then lure them to kill them. Now, they're the men keeping this case alive believe that every single one of these deaths were planned targeted murders based on just how it was done, how the evidence was written out, the different similarities that didn't seem to make quite enough sense and they believe there's actually a possibility of more than 300 drownings being due to this organization another reason they believe that this was planned and targeted attacks was that many of the men that went missing were missing for months but were found to have only died days before um being found in the rivers or the lakes or however they had been drowned which suspects kidnapping to be involved. And GHB, like I said, was also found in all of those victims. And it would be a very useful drug, especially to kidnap somebody, to knock them out. That's what it's for, basically. Now, the primary goal of this theory is to bring these deaths to closure and to have most, many of these cases reopened as homicides. Because knowing that your loved one has died possibly to something that was their fault, nobody really wants to blame the person that's dead. Nobody wants that. So if it's easier to point fingers at somebody else, they will. Now, this finger-pointing thing is attributed to a psychological state of, like, moral... I don't know the word. (laughs) Um... But it's basically the need to point fingers. Um, it came from the Salem trials. In, it was which they were trying to determine wh- who was witches. And it was like the moral ground in which everyone stood on. They wanted, it, they didn't want it to be them. They didn't want to have to blame their own thought process that, that they could have done something. Nobody wants that. So they will always go after somebody else to believe that it could have been them. It was something else. And it's basically the fear of an over-exaggerated threat, which is kind of scary. If you think about it, you never really know when it's happening to you. But when you start this fear of something that might really not even be anything, so men started having this fear of that this was going to happen to them, that they were going to drown after they got drunk out went to parties, when really we didn't even know if this theory if these gangs were even out there, or if you even fit the ammo to be killed. Nobody really knew. And like I said, families don't want to point the blame at their loved ones. They don't want to say, oh, they died because they drank too much that night. No, nobody wants that. They'll think, ah, something could happen. Something must have happened. They would never be so stupid as to figure out a way to drown drunk. And the thing with that is... There was just, it was such all over the place that people really didn't know what to believe, and this just seemed like the easiest thing to believe. Now, on to the opposite side the side of people that 
don't believe in the smiley face killers. They don't believe that this is a real thing. And it's most of the FBI and the police stations that actually don't believe this. It doesn't make any sense to them. And I mean, why would it? There was a lack of consistency in the graffiti, as in it wasn't always the same form of smiley face, there wasn't always the same paint, they always didn't look the same, it didn't make a whole lot of sense. Also the fact that it's smiley faces, those are commonly graffitied things. If you could go in like a 50 by 50 mile area, you're guaranteed to find a smiley face somewhere. So it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to just think that vaguely near the crime scene there was a smiley face that doesn't make a whole lot of sense especially to someone like the police although we do see the detectives these two detectives on the other side there was also no physical evidence on the bodies of these men to have shown a homicide they had no traumas to the any part of their body really no marks of strangulation no claw marks nothing generally when somebody dies they'll have some marking on them some cut from when they were knocked out some form of trauma to the head something like this and even the ones that had been missing for longer periods of time didn't seem to exhibit any of this which also led them to believe that there was no way now the drinking statistics for that demographic are pretty interesting it's very common for men around those ages to drink a lot to get drunk to use drunk as drunken to use being drunken as a coping mechanism and really it wasn't that uncommon for people to be found laying on the side of the road drunk especially around that age and of course for men it's a lot higher in men than it is in women which could have been another reason they just thought, oh, yes, men. Um, And there was also the possibility of suicide. Suicide rates are a lot higher in men, although the depression rates are lower because obviously men are not seen as being able to reach out, which is horrible, and I believe that they definitely should be. Unfortunately, it's just something that's more frowned upon, especially back a few years ago. It wasn't something that was common right? And the possibility that this theory could actually be doing more harm to the victims than good. It could be forcing these victims to re- the loved ones of these victims to say the victims are dead. That sounded rude, but they are. That's just how it is. But the loved ones, they have to relive this knowledge over and over again, trying to figure out what could have possibly gone wrong, what they could have done what could have happened and instead of just being able to say no it was just an accident it was a bad day they died they're being forced to think about it and process and think oh maybe it was this it was this when really it's not giving them any closure now it's totally possible that the deaths were all accidents because there is many times where that's the case where realistically we can even see them on uh, cameras, anything like that. You can always see, you can see them. It's a common thing that happens. It's not like it's brand new. And there's very little correlation. A lot of it doesn't make sense. Nothing goes together. But the theory is still extremely common. And 
all of the police stations had stated that there was rarely foul play. So there was no evidence either in the past or what they'd been doing that there was a reason for them to have been killed. There wasn't any motive that they could be found. Of course, they still believe that it could have been jealousy, but really, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for the jealousy one, unless you personally knew them, right? Now, like I said, the police and the FBI especially insist that there's nobody doing it. There's no logical reason to assume that there is. Now, just to tie it all up, there's a lot of theories and a lot of different possibilities about this situation, but really, we'll never really know. But it doesn't look like this theory is going anywhere soon, as there is so many people so interested in it, and so many people against it. It seems like a constant fight, and it's still relevant even to today. Now, I would just like to say, what do you think? What do you believe happened? Whose side are you on? Let me know. I would just like to add that this is from a very raw perspective. I'm definitely not a professional. This is just my personal opinion and my personal research. What do you think about this case? Whose side are you on? Who do you believe? Make sure to follow me on Instagram at the Frogs Bog, and on my podcast is available on most podcast sites such as Anchor, the lovely website I'm using to create this, and Spotify. As always, stay safe. Love y'all. And make sure to have a great day. You can always request cases or ask more questions about cases on my Instagram. Thank you. This has been episode two of season one of The Frog's Bug.